Amen. Wonderful. And so this morning we are continuing on in our um, Inheritance of Hope um, series. Uh, and we've heard so far, haven't we, um, about how this Inheritance of Hope is something that we're born into. Chuck talked about that on the first week. It's something that is given to us when we believe and trust in Jesus. Uh, it is something that doesn't fade. It's something that lasts. That's what Libby um, brought to us. And then last week, Ali told us that it's something that brings joy, the kind of joy that you can have in every situation. And then this week, we're moving on. So just a heads up for you to find it um, maybe on your phone, on the Bible app, um, or in your actual physical Bible. We are going to 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13. But just to give you a bit of time for that, I wanted to share this little story. It's a picture for me of what this passage does for us. I don't know if you've ever found yourself in a place of darkness, a place where maybe um, you needed help to get out of, a place where you felt a bit stuck. I've quite literally found myself in a situation like that before, where I had taken my daughter and her friends a number of years ago now to this kind of crazy fun house place. Um, and there was one part that we came to that was in complete darkness, just complete darkness. Um, and we couldn't find our way through. We didn't know which direction to go in. And then it became really apparent that in order to get out of this place, we had to go through this kind of passageway made up of inflatables. So I don't know how they did that, but it was these, the material was black as well, so you couldn't see. And the trouble was, when you began to go in, it almost enveloped you. So it was a place where it was felt quite claustrophobic. It was a place that was scary, and you couldn't see the other side. So, of course, I diligently sent the children through first because, you know, I needed some, <laughs> some direction. I needed them to see. Bad mum moment. Um, and then what happened was they were on the other side. I was on this side, and I, I still had no idea where to go, and I was listening out for their voice. And so the thing that got me through was my daughter's voice on the other side shouting for me. Um, and I had to just bite the bullet and you had to kind of put your arms in like this and just bear with what was happening and get to the other side. For me, that's a picture of what this passage does this morning. It is a call to action. It's a call forward into something from a place where maybe you don't want to be. And so let's read. I'm going to find it um, on my phone as I have left <laughs> my Bible over the other side of the room. And so, 1 Peter, uh, chapter 1, verse 13, says this. It's under the heading, Be Holy. It says, Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed in his coming. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, be holy. Because, for it is written, because I am holy, you are holy. Amen. That is our word this morning. And there are some actions for us to take um, in order to be holy. But I don't know about you, when you hear that, just those two words, be holy, it's quite daunting, isn't it? But let's just look at what that really means for us. The, one of the definitions I found for holiness is that it is the process our lives go through once we get to know Jesus. 
So it's a process. It's not just one day you're not holy and the next day you are. It is a process. And in that process, it's for us to be dedicated and consecrated to God, for us to be devoted to him and turning our eyes to him often. It's for us to be set apart for his plans and purposes. That's what holiness looks like. And actually, verse 17, skipping forward just a little bit, in the message version, puts it beautifully. Just the last bit of verse 17 says, your life is a journey that you must travel with a deep consciousness of God. That sums it up for us, doesn't it? We need a deep consciousness of God. And so the first thing that we can see Peter talking about here, just the very first opening in verse uh, 13 there, is that we need to prepare our minds you know, it's really important that we think about what we're thinking about. And it's often something that we forget. Um, leader of leaders and uh, leader of Life Church in America, Craig Rochelle, puts it like this. Our lives are always moving in the direction of our strongest thought. So I'll say that again. Our lives are always moving in the direction of our strongest thought. So I don't know what it's felt like for you. You know, I had a sense before coming here today that there were some people who felt stuck, maybe like they were stuck in mud and they couldn't move forward or they were in a situation that they couldn't get out of and they need called forward like, like I did um, in that crazy dark fun house. Um, but, but you're not stuck because your, di your direction is set by your thoughts. And so maybe you just need to think about what is it that I'm thinking about? What is my strongest thought in this moment? One of the things I've loved over this last week is that I've taken my eldest daughter, Caitlin, um, for a driving lesson. Her very first one, uh, there was no prep beforehand. She doesn't really know or didn't know anything about driving beforehand. And so it was quite an excited, precious little moment. Um, and as she got into the driving seat, she went from a state of excitement to a state of sudden overwhelm and, oh my goodness, what do I do? There's suddenly so many um, buttons and dials and uh, gears and pedals and so many things, mirrors and everything to think about. And she was suddenly very overwhelmed. Life has felt quite like that, hasn't it, over this last season? You know, if we think back to a year and a bit ago before COVID, Suddenly when COVID happened, we were faced with all of this brand new information, all of this language we didn't know, all of these things we didn't have to think about and we were overwhelmed. And I don't know about you, but that has continued for me and for a lot of people over this season, that thought of, that feeling of overwhelm. You know, we had it before COVID with our social media feeds and our news feeds and uh, the way that our phones are, make us constantly accessible. And it has been heightened in this season. But in the car with Caitlin, what happened was we diligently went one by one around the car and explained what each thing was for and talked about how they worked. That is a way that we can prepare our minds. We can think about each thing that we're thinking about. And it, you, you know, if you imagine a ball of wool tangled up in string, it's like pulling it out into one bit at a time. Dr. Henry Cloud, um, another church leader, in America, who's also a psychologist. I heard him say this recently um, in a seminar, which uh, what, he, what he described was the feeling of overwhelm that COVID has left us with. And he said, what you need to do is get a massive piece of paper and some pens and write down everything that you are worried about. 
everything that you can't control, all of it, from the massive global issues to the national ones, to the local ones, to the personal ones, write out everything, and then worry about it. Worry about it sick, like make yourself almost a little bit ill worrying about it for about 10 minutes, and then stop. Rip that piece of paper up and put it away. Now think of Jesus. Think of Jesus for about 10 minutes. All that he is, all that he does for us, all that he brings, and you will notice that the overwhelm will slowly decrease. And if you wanted to take that a step further, you can then write all the things that you are in control of, all the things that you can do right now. Peter, very quickly after preparing your mind, talks about self-control. There's so many things that we can control right now. We can control what we're thinking. We can control how we're behaving, how we're acting, what we're doing, how we're reacting. We can control how kind we are to others and the things that we're doing. So preparing our minds is the first thing that Peter talks about. He then goes on to talk about setting our hope. To continue the driving theme, uh, I remember very well my wonderful husband, Brian, taking me out for our, my first driving lessons. Um, I was too embarrassed to get driving lessons that I would pay for because I literally knew nothing about driving. So he very kindly took me out and explained all the basics. <clears throat> and then uh, I had to ask him the question, how do you actually do this? Because for me, it was so stressful holding on, like gripping on for dear life onto the steering wheel. And it felt like I could feel every tiny bump in the road and I was being thrown around over silly things, little pebbles on the road even, I could feel and I was constantly trying to control. And what he said was, it's because you're looking at what is right in front of you. You need to lift your eyes. You need to look down the road. You need to look in the direction that you're headed because then the rest will follow and you can relax. Paul talks about fixing our eyes on Jesus. Lots of verses in the Bible talk about fixing our eyes on Jesus. And that is a really, you know, powerful tool for us. It's something that's really important in this season. Lifting our eyes from what's right in front of us. Lifting our eyes from that feeling of needing to control absolutely everything in front of us. And focusing on Jesus the author, the pioneer, the perfecter of our faith. And you might be watching this and you, you don't know Jesus yet. Or maybe you're watching this and you need a refresher. So I'm going to very whistle-stop tour quickly through Isaiah 42 and the way it presents who Jesus is. So I'm paraphrasing here. But what I've picked out from that is that Jesus is filled with God. He's chosen by him. He brings justice he is gentle and he is our servant. He wants to help us. He is strong and he won't falter. He looks after us. He brings us life. He breathes life into us. He's a promise keeper and he brings sight. He brings healing and he brings freedom to us. If that's not something worth us looking at, then I don't know what is. So set your hope, set your direction on Jesus. And then the last thing, that I see here is that Peter talks about being obedient. It's like that last ingredient that needs to be added into our lives to make the rest of it work. When he says, be holy, he's, remember, he's talking about dedicating our lives to Jesus, being set apart um, for him, reading about him, experiencing him, talking to him. If we don't have that, if we don't do the stuff, then our lives can be a bit more wobbly. 
uh, it doesn't move forward in the way that we want it to. to. So in order to demonstrate this point, bear with me for a moment here, I'm going to bring in some jelly. Now you'll have to imagine that this jelly is way more set than it actually is because it had a little mishap in my car this morning. <laughs> and so it's not quite as smooth as this illustration would perhaps need. But what I want you to think about is that when you have jelly that has all the ingredients in it, it's firm, it's set. And so this person, this life here, is someone who has prepared their minds. It's someone who has set their hope. It's someone who's doing the stuff. It's someone who is close to Jesus, who's lifting their eyes to him often. So this is the person and this is their lives. That is a solid ish foundation for them to be firm and standing on. So if you think of obedience, I don't know what it conjures up for you, but for some people, obedience feels a little bit, makes them twitch a little bit, being told what to do or being told that they have to do certain things. Obedience is the thing that gives us that firm foundation, that platform to be able to bounce off of and move off of. So if you think of jelly and you take out the ingredient of gelatin, or in this illustration, obedience, then what happens is it drops like a stone. So you still have some of the ingredients. It still looks a little bit like jelly, although maybe not the same color. Sorry about that. Uh, but it still looks the same. It could easily be mistaken for a life filled with faith, a life filled with everything that is needed. But the problem is this person has dropped to the bottom and their vision is no longer clear. So I want to suggest this morning on a, you know, maybe not the, the best illustration for it, given my jelly. Um, but I want to suggest this morning that obedience is that final ingredient that actually propels us forward towards Jesus. Doing the stuff, being with him, looking out for the poor, being kind to other people. You know, revisit Matthew 5, revisit the Sermon on the Mount and see what Jesus talks about and all the things that we can do and maybe have a challenge in your life this week. You know, challenge yourself to be kind in every situation this week or look out for the poor in every situation that you're in this week. See what that does for your faith. So we see here that Peter tells us to be holy. We have to prepare our minds we have to set our hope and fix our eyes on Jesus. And then we need to do the stuff. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for this passage this morning. Thank you that your word is living and breathing. Thank you that it changes us. And Lord, I pray for all the people who have heard this this morning, all the people that are watching either this morning or later on in the week. Lord, I pray that this would act as a calling forth moment, a calling forth into action, an owning of our own faith. Lord, would your words be living and breathing in us, calling us out of a place of darkness and into a place of light, calling us onto a solid foundation of being able to walk and talk with you. I pray if there's anyone uh, listening to this that has felt stuck or has felt in darkness, Lord, would they hear your voice calling them forward? In Jesus' name, amen.